politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, and our property. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, once again, back as always, Thursday, July 7th, in our month of pride. Pride in biblical values, pride in liberty. And what is the most important aspect of liberty? Well, that's the ability to live to survive. Every day, we are challenged with the following predicament. What do you do in this era? What do you focus on first? What do you prioritize? It's too expensive to buy vital goods and services. You have a border invasion. You have criminals being left, you know, let out on the loose. You have Antifa declaring war on us. Yes, I'm going there. We often forget the worst mass shooting ever was in Vegas, targeting conservatives, by the way. And to this day, we don't know the details, but what we do know seems awfully fishy. And then since then, there's just been this constant barrage of these shootings. And yes, Andy No discovered, if you, you saw his uh, tweets yesterday, that the Highland Park shooter, July 4th parade shooter, he was an Antifa dude. Something's very funny about that. You know, I haven't seen uh, rooftop shootings like that. And usually they sacrifice their lives. Um, the, the, you know, here we got him alive. So, something's very funny. But what do you focus on? At the end of the day, as I've noted, the top issue is bioterrorism. Because that's the ultimate right to life that they are going to endlessly unleash viruses, then scientifically use leaky vaccines that continuously make it worse, block the right treatment, and force the wrong treatment upon you. And they're going to punish doctors that try to treat patients and elevate those who kill patients. That's a pretty big public policy issue, don't you think? So I thought we were done with this. I thought finally I could rest easy And at least the virus would peter out. Everyone would get immunity by hook or by crook. But Dr. Gert von den Bosch has been warning and says, wait a minute, if you're going to continue vaccinating endless doses with yesterday's version of the virus, which to begin with was half-baked and leaky, you're going to create a super virus that's going to get stronger and stronger. And I'm just telling you, there is increasingly more evidence that these whatever is circulating around now is stronger than it was since Omicron began. And we are seeing microclotting. We are seeing thrombosis. So I'm actually behind in a lot of the news just because I've been dealing with treatment once again. So people are getting this. And doctors, even if they already had COVID, they won't see their patient. They won't put a stethoscope on the chest. They won't take a chest x-ray. They won't watch the guy walk down the hall and watch his pulse rate and his pulse oximeter. And certainly they won't think to understand the pathophysiology of the virus and how to prescribe. Yesterday, there was a news story that I thought was earth-shattering to demonstrate what we're facing in this country in terms of bioterrorism, but also what we're facing in this unrestricted warfare, that if something is viewed is sacred, okay? BLM, Ukraine, vaccine. If that's viewed as the du jour issue, the du jour thing of the moment of the political elites, guess what? No laws matter, no science matter, matters, no, no medical norms, social norms, Human rights, nothing. This, this is the point. It's not just a COVID issue. This is what we've seen. And conversely, if you are viewed as a threat to that new current thing, likewise, all laws, social norms, prudence, science, medicine goes out the window in the ability of the system to combat you. And when, what I'm looking at now is this article... 
U.S. allows pharmacists to prescribe Pfizer's COVID-19 bill. Yes, you just heard the word pharmacist prescribe. They could prescribe Paxlovid directly under a decision the FDA made on Wednesday. They could basically screen a patient. Oh, you have COVID. Here it is. Here is some Paxlovid. Only this audience could appreciate the depth of perfidy from that, that decision and the juxtaposition to what they've been doing. Here we are, where doctors are now treated like criminals, and we're going to have um, a guest on very soon who's being treated like a criminal, treated 4,000 patients, and their medical license are being you know, suspended for prescribing long-standing FDA-approved drugs. Yet at the same time, the pharmacist could then be the doctor and overrule them, But now the pharmacist could prescribe an emergency use novel drug mixed with an age drug that has black box warnings, that has 32 categories of of contraindications, which is going to apply to most of the people, especially seniors, that are seeking Paxlovid. We know we have a huge rebound problem which they still haven't explained the pathophysiology other than it's become clear that they saw it in the clinical trial and covered it up. And we have something called Paxlovid mouth that you feel this metallic taste in your mouth. And there's absolutely no long-term safety data. And the short-term data, as we know from the vaccine, is all fabricated. So, so look, I am all for more laissez-faire, making it easier generally to get common prescriptions. But they're banning the safest drugs and banning doctors from prescribing. We have, we had people that were prescribed, and we still still find this all the time, nebulized budesonide, prednisone, azithromycin. Okay, this is not even like novel, a novel approach, a novel off-label approach. This is pretty much on-label for, you know, different uh, pulmonary viruses, things like that. And yet the pharmacists would say, I'm not doing it. They could practice medicine. It's illegal, but that's okay because they're blocking a threat to the new current thing. But if you want to prescribe the new current thing, it could have no safety data, emergency use, mixed with a heavy-duty AIDS drug, Black box warning, contraindications, already seeing problems both on the safety and efficacy side of it, and screw, no, no problem. Pharmacy, pharmacist is now a doctor. The, it's not just what I'm telling you that is earth shattering in terms of COVID and, and you know, so many people that have suffered from this virus that they unleashed on people and blocked the treatment for. But it's a microcosm of what we're seeing on everything. Everything. Up is down, down is up. It's the same reason why they would arrest someone for having an outdoor church service in the state of Idaho, by the way, of all places, and at the same time have the most ubiquitous national gatherings in the history of America, according to Time Magazine, it was the BLM was the largest gatherings and the largest border invasion encouraged by government. Well, what gives? Do you care about COVID spread or not, right? No, well, no, it's not about that. It's about whatever serves their interests. It's unrestricted warfare on behalf of its promotion and whatever gets in the way, it's unrestricted warfare against it. This is the new fascism. People think Nazism is about Germans in the 1930s and it has to do with a particular race or a racial agenda. It's a mindset. It's a supremacist mindset that your way of doing things could trump humanity. It could trump everything. Nothing gets in the way. And I just thought that story is absolutely astounding. That we have red state medical boards, 
going after doctors for prescribing. Worst, worst comes to worst, it doesn't work. But we know it's safe. <clears throat> That's for sure. Doctor can't prescribe. But a pharmacist could prescribe. I mean, the word sounds funny. Something that is already shown to be problematic and it's novel and full of contraindications. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You have a patient right now, and this is happening everywhere now, because it's a, it's a, it's a pandemic of the vaccinated. They come in, <clears throat> you know, starting with respiratory distress. They're getting very nervous. They need help. And the pharmacist is like, screw you. I won't give you a nebulized budesonide. I won't give you prednisone, methylpred, or, you know, azithromycin. They'll probably give them Paxlovid, which again is stupid because even the biggest champions of Paxlovid will tell you that it would have to be done very early. It's an anti, it's, at best, it would be an antiviral. It's not anti-inflammatory. So when you're already having the body's response, it's not going to do anything for you. Um, and, and as we see with this rebound effect, you have to be concerned it's going to make it worse. A world completely upside down. Now, I forgot to mention our sponsor today is equally important Express VPN. I'm just going to shame you guys here. If you are out there scrolling the internet, I don't care if it's your iPhone, your iPad, your computer, if you're doing it without Express VPN, it's like walking outside naked. I mean, you're asking for trouble. Verizon even admitted to the fact that they're collecting your data. Um, A, this is how they spy on you. B, this is how they make their money and how we... Uh, feed the lion that bites us. ExpressVPN is a mask. But it's not a stupid N95. It actually works. It's a digital mask that prevents your phone carrier from being able to see the sites you visit, sell it to third parties, takes one tap of the button, all your network data gets encrypted. That's what I did, you know, so I know it's covered, um, you know, because nowadays we all have 50 million devices because we're a bunch of transhumans. But iPhone, Android, tablet, whatever, it works on all your devices. One subscription can be used on up to five devices at a time. So I got my whole family using ExpressVPN. You should too. Stop allowing those who hate you to spy, track, and make money off of you. It's a gross invasion of privacy. You can either continue letting them do it or go to expressvpn.com conservative. Take back your online privacy today and get my link Go to my link to get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash conservative, expressvpn.com slash conservative. Now, before we bring on our next guest, I just want to uh, close the, the loop on this, this juxtaposition. We'll, we'll talk about it with, with our, our doctor here. I mentioned this. I hinted this before. So, again, they're promoting bioweapons. The more it fails, the more they use it. And yet the safest things known to man are suddenly garbage. So hydroxychloroquine, like, you shouldn't take that for anything now. It destroys your heart. This is from CNN. Brand new article, how an increasingly popular supplemented, supplement landed a man in the hospital. Now, what do you think I'm going to talk about? Which supplement? The Mediterranean diet is easy to find in the grocery store. It contains nutrients that are known to enhance longevity. It has other health benefits that are backed by peer-reviewed scientific studies. Broccoli makes the list because it's one of nature's most nutrient-dense foods with only 30 calories per cup. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I was actually reading from the picture there. Um, I don't know why they bring that in. But a British man's overdose on vitamin D is a cautionary tale for people who are considering adding supplements to their lives, according to a paper published uh, Tuesday in the journal BMJ Case Reports. After a visit with a private nutritionist, the man began taking more than 20 over-the-counter supplements every day, including 50,000 IUs of vitamin D three times a day. Every day. That's a dose hundreds of times higher than standard nutritional recommendations. Within a month, the man began suffering from nausea, abdominal pain, diarrhea, and repeated bouts of vomiting, along with cramping in the legs and ringing in the ears. The man whose name was not disclosed heard about the supplements from a radio talk show and contacted the nutritionist on the show afterwards, said Dr. Almin Alkundi. 
Um, registration by regulator is not compulsory for nutritionists in the UK, and their title is not protected, so anybody can practice as nutritionist. Um, so they go on talking about that crap, and then they basically say they recommend 600 IUs a day. Now, yes, I don't recommend 150,000 IUs a day, maybe, you know, the first day of COVID, um, but certainly not every day. Everything even vitamin D at some point could become toxic. Okay, that's not new. Um, the, the point is, even after that, it was more like kind of the low-level things. That sure doesn't rise to the level of what we're seeing from the vaccine injuries, does it? With paralysis and heart attacks and strokes and myocarditis. Okay, so it's kind of interesting. So you see, even when you get to the toxicity levels, it's like that. But you're smart enough to know exactly what these clowns are doing. They're grooming. And, and we're seeing this, and this is in the UK, but we're seeing this in America too. They're gradually trying to acculturate you to, yeah, you know, there's these people out there promoting it, and suddenly you're going to hear of, remember the lies of people um, in Oklahoma coming to the hospital for ivermectin overdoses, the Rolling Stones article, and it turned out it was fabricated. They called the hospital. And, and this is what they do, but the damage is done. They're going to keep doing this. In other words, the same blood libel that they initiate against Trump or you know, conservatives they don't like, they're, they're going to do it on products now. This is where we're in. Everything is political. So Paxlovid and the shots is the rainbow flag. Ivermectin and vitamin D is, I don't know, the Confederate flag. That's how they view it. So the unrestricted warfare we see in politics, yes, it is spilling over to medicine. Medicine is all political now. It becomes like now there's a war on it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, dude, there's a difference between 600 a day and 150,000 a day. You could start with like 5,000 a day. And obviously you test your levels and you understand your, your issues. But like, dude, come on. Um, classic straw man. I mean, Tylenol, it's much easier to overdose, yet it's over the counter. I mean, do we, do we pull it from the market? But this is the type of straw man argument. This is what they do on guns. This is what they do on everything when they want to vilify something. They distract, distract, and it's this unrestricted warfare. So I'm just telling you guys, you might want to start stocking up while you can because um, they're going to go after the companies. They're going to start regulating it more. And you got to love it. As they are literally telling Pfizer, you could produce toxic stuff out in the open over a million. Vares is blowing up. Put it on babies multiple times. You know, they put out yesterday. So they're claiming that they're going to produce an Omicron variant. But they're still, that's only for a booster. So even with their supposed Omicron version, they're still going to tell you, like, let's say you didn't get the shots yet and you have a mandate. You come into your Walgreens for your first two shots. They're not going to give you, there's not, it's not an Omicron version. It's a booster. It's going to be the same Wuhan crap. It's unbelievable. You don't need a doctor's prescription. Pharmacists could do it. Contraindications, black box. It's all good. And they'll be like, vitamin D, what the heck? You know, we're going to lock up anyone promoting that in jail and we're going to pull their license and then... We're going to make it over, you know, prescription only, but only people that we want to prescribe it. This is this is a degree. I mean, if this is not stopped in its tracks, we are totally screwed. I'm just telling you, if this is not stopped in its tracks, you won't be able to function. And it would be bad enough in a, in a static analysis but we live in a dynamic world where they're con constantly going to introduce more stuff on us. And think about, uh, what's that called? Uh, Monkeypox. Okay? So, again, when the religion dictates that you have to mask a two-year-old who doesn't have COVID, has no symptoms, already had it, doesn't have it, we're going to assume you all, you're all sick. <laughs> Shut it all down. Close every business. But when you have monkeypox, which is definitely quarantinable unlike a respiratory virus it absolutely is quarantinable and it's exclusively coming from gay venues they won't shut them down because again unrestricted warfare nothing gets in the way 
of pandemic response, except if another religious article gets in the way of that. That is their hierarchy. Nazis had a pyramid of like, okay, white Aryan Germans are on top and this and that. You know, these guys have their, it's the same structure. It's just different names. In terms of laws, social norms, human rights, scientific method. If you're Pfizer, you could produce hemlock. It's all good. Anyone could prescribe. No clinical trials. Vitamin D, ivermectin, budesonide. No, that we're gonna take. We're gonna yank your license. So speaking of that, let let's hear from someone who actually lived this. Now it's been a while since we've had Dr. Mary Tally Bowden on the show. She's a Texas-based ENT specialist. Um, like so many we've we've dealt with, treated thousands of patients, spent the last two years running towards the fire as everyone ran away, holding their hands, watching their pulse oximeter, understanding those critical hours and days ticking down with a bioweapon that was designed to create a horrible cytokine storm and blood clotting, and she thought of everything in her training as you know, someone who specializes in airways and to, to, to do what's right. And you would think people like her would be would win a medal. But no, this is the world we live in now. Paxlovid, hey, Paxlovid Metal Mouth, awesome. Rebound, awesome. By the way, we still haven't heard from Fauci in a while. Um, awesome. Pharmacists could prescribe that. But yet when it comes to long-standing safe drugs, whether they work or not, you know they're safe. A doctor cannot prescribe. This is the world we live in. And uh, Dr. Bowden has a lot to update us today. You could follow her at MD Breathe on Twitter. It's a, a miracle she hasn't been kicked off yet. And uh, her website is breathemd.org if you're in Texas and need a doctor. Dr. Bowden, thanks so much for coming back on CR Podcast. Oh, thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure. And um, yeah, you got me thinking. I'm like, when, I get, when am I going to wake up from this nightmare? It's just it's hard to believe that this is all happening still. I mean, we're two and a half years into this thing and I am still, I had to send out a message to my like-minded Houston friends about five minutes ago, trying to hunt down a pharmacy in Sugarlands that will dispense ivermectin because my go-to will no longer dispense it. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. We're, it's what, you know, I have a harder time with antibiotics in terms of side effects than I do with ivermectin. I rarely get any kind of calls from anybody about side effects with ivermectin. And yet it is still this, this dangerous horse paced drug. And uh, it's truly just, it's just hard to believe it's 2022 and this is what's going on. Nothing matters. Data doesn't matter. You know, I had one of my parents, so I, I threw in nitazoxanide, hydroxy, ivermectin, a couple other things. You wouldn't even know you were on anything. The minute right. I, the minute we introduced an antibiotic, yeah, you, you came with the diarrhea, which is fine. It's exactly. but but that's the that's the irony. Like like you know, it's it's less than antibiotics. Um, so could you talk about? I, I find I'm very distressed by this because I, I have uh, friends that are doctors in blue states and they're having problems and like, Hey, move to a red state, but you're in Texas. And mm -hmm. is it true that, that you have a hearing before the medical board simply for prescribing ivermectin? Right. And I think, you know, Texas is thought of as, as pretty red, but I think that's the rural areas of Texas. I mean, Houston, the medical center brings people in from all over the country. So mm -hmm. It is very blue, and Harris County is the county that is the big county in Houston, and it is very, very Democrat, and not that it should matter. I mean, it shouldn't be about sure. Democrat, Republican at all, but unfortunately, that's the way it's become. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you saw the, the, the most prestigious hospital in Houston came after me just because. All I did was tweet ivermectin works, and then I sent out another tweet that said vaccine mandates are wrong, and they just went after me, and then that just started this cascade of complaints, and, 
you know, threats and, you know, so harassment. Could you, could you prescribe that? Could you describe that process? Meaning, what, how does the medical board go after you? Well, I, I guess, the me, I mean, it's not the medical board. They haven't really gone after me, but the, they haven't dismissed these complaints. These complaints are completely ridiculous. I have three complaints against me. Um, and one of them, I mean, they won't tell you who they're from, but you can usually figure it out. So one of them, I'm pretty sure was from Methodist hospital, um, based on ivermectin. Uh, the other one I believe is from Texas Hugley hospital, which is the hospital in Dallas that, you know, basically fought tooth and nail to prevent my patient, Jason Jones from getting ivermectin who was, you know, on his deathbed. Um, in the hospital for nine months, um, and the wife sued to get him ivermectin. She initially won, and then they appealed, and they 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 won the case, preventing him from getting it. Anyway, I was an advocate for Jason Jones, and so pretty sure they sent the complaint in, the second complaint. And then the third complaint was from a disgruntled ex-wife. I'd spoken to her ex-husband and the stepmother regarding their 17-year-old son. I prescribed ivermectin. He actually never took it. It was just in case because he'd mm. been exposed. Um, and the ex-wife was mad that I had prescribed it to him. And so she reported me. Um, I but never no, thought of that. Yeah, I that, That's either. like an avenue because generally speaking, it's not the patients. The patients are happy. I was thinking, right. why would a patient go after you? So yeah, when you have yeah. a child and the and a messy divorce there um right oh my gosh but no patients were harmed i mean when you look we you get a week you get a monthly uh report over all the you know, they publicly shame all the doctors that get uh disciplined by the medical board they send out an email and you know it's stuff like drug abuse sexual assault um felony charges you know those are the things that the medical board is there to protect the public from and that they are going after me. And, you know, my lawyer thinks there's nothing's going to come of this. But it is psychologically uh, sure. a lot. To, when I'm already dealing with a lot as it is and have this hanging over my head. And the other thing is they're supposed to resolve these cases in a timely fashion. Well, they, they're claiming that, you know, they need to bring in some experts. So they're going to have to delay my case and just keep it dragging on. Yep. Meanwhile. I want to, you know, apply for hospital privileges or apply for a license in another state. I can't do that while I've got these charges against me. So it's there's no due process. There's no and and this yeah. is a big action item. I know Senator Bob Hall is all over this in Texas. One of the few um, legislators that are worthy of the name Texas. Yeah. Uh, because I just want to say, like you say, Houston's blue. You're right. But the last time I checked. The state government, which controls the state medical board, is controlled by Republicans, and there's no excuse for this, but there's a Bob Hall Republican, and then there's a Pharma Republican, and therein right. lies the problem, and And I think we need Bob Hall's bills everywhere where the complaint has to be, it cannot be anonymous, you have to know who it is, um, mm -hmm. it, you know, you can't do it for prescribing off-label FDA-approved drugs that is not a cause of action, Um we need major, major reforms on that. Uh, I can't believe... So no one's like... The Texas Medical Board is not man-mary. At a time when doctors, two and a half years into this, even if they already have immunity, they refuse to see their COVID patients. And you're right. willing to put a stethoscope on their chest, which is so critical, you know, in those kind of that second week when you're concerned, hey, is it pneumonia? What's going on? So you, you see them in person, right? Oh, yeah. I, we have never shut our doors other than, you know, Christmas, that kind of thing. We've been open seven days a week since the pandemic began. I never turned anybody away. Early on, we were doing breathing treatments in patients' cars to try to get them, you know, keep them out of the emergency wow. room. Um, I was, you know, we, were, we tested people from the very start. I mean, the, I remember um, early on when LabCorp was the first um, – the first lab to have the test available, I had the entire department of interventional cardiology from the veterans hospital come to my office. It was like 30 people. I think half of them had COVID. You know, we all got exposed like crazy. Um, but, you know, we just, it's just what we did. It's like, it's just hard 
to believe. And now I'm dealing with, it's basically a witch hunt. You know, it's a political witch hunt. It, it, I, I should, it, this never gets old. I mean, I spent all last year on this, but it, it never gets old. I, I, yeah. I can't believe it. So you should be like in the governor's mansion getting some sort of award. Um, but so you have, you're under investigation, whereas the doctors that said, get the shots and you'll be okay. And they mm-hmm. went and got the shots. Then they get COVID and it doesn't work, of course. And they, they start going into either, you know, respiratory distress or they have some sort of secondary bacterial problems from this version. And they're like, screw that. You know, I'm not putting a stethoscope on you. I'm not seeing you in the mm-hmm. office. Hell um, yeah. So they're, they're in great standing with the state. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I have become the prime. I mean, I basically, I'm not a COVID doctor. I'm, a, I'm not a primary care doctor. I'm an EMT, right? And I had to basically become the, the, the next best thing to primary care and now the next best thing to hospital because people's primary care doctors were shutting their doors on them. They were saying, we're not going to do anything for you. So they came to me and I helped them. And then people were scared to go to the hospital. So now instead of going to the hospital, they come here. And, you know, we've had great results. I have not lost a single patient that has received early treatment. Everybody has done well and stayed out of the hospital who has received early treatment. So, How many have you uh, treated? Over 4,000 people now. Over 4,000 people. And nobody in the state medical board is saying like, hey, maybe you should, we should have a different type of hearing with yeah. Mary Bowden. Like, hey, what are you doing that's working? Maybe right. we ought to... Tell people, because this is a good segue into the next thing I want to ask you about. So we already got the message that if you didn't get the shots, so you're subhuman, you're what we call an untermensch, and you don't deserve to live. Okay, we got that message. But the reality is, isn't it true that with this kind of version circulating, that it seems to be hitting those who had the shots more? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I you know we still do a lot of testing. We do monoclonal antibodies. And I'm able to track, um, you know, who is positive, who's had the shot and who hasn't. And the last time I looked, 70% of the people that were getting treated with monoclonal antibodies in my office, and this was in the last two months, 70% were vaccinated. So it's truly the pandemic of the vaccinated right now. I mean, it's, and these people are not mildly ill. I mean, they're not deathly ill either, but it's not like, Oh, they're just suffering from a little sniffle. They've got full-blown COVID. What, what do you attribute that to? Is it that the the variants continue to get worse because of Vandenbosch's theory, or is it that these people have some sort of original antigenic sin being juiced up for the original antibody that doesn't match the current variant? Yeah, I mean, I think they've been let's just assume that the vaccine is doing what it's supposed to do just for sake of argument. Well, it's, it's protecting you against the Delta strain, right? It's not protecting you against what's out there. Um, so that's first and foremost. And then, yeah, there's the, the possibility that, you know, these people are, their immune systems are, are wrecked. You know, they're, they're not able to generate a normal immune response to this virus. Like the people who have never been, um, injected. So I, th- that's what bothers me the most. That I, I, there was a tragic um, a picture I saw on, and it might it might have been from Germany. Someone put online. You might have seen this. I had I, I had four vaccines. I think he said four or five, and Paxlovid. And here I am. There's a picture of him in a hospital bed. Oh, Lord. And I was thinking, it's just so sad because, like, you know, the difference between you guys and these guys is that they'll promote their stuff to the gates of hell. Whereas with with you guys, it's like, okay, it's not, not any one thing. We're not being, you know, bought out by any, you know, one drug or manufacturer. It's trying to do the right thing for the right patient at the right time. Hey, you know, you're in respiratory distress. It looks like you need a little bit more budesonide and and prednisone's a thing. Okay, this didn't seem to work for you. We'll try this. You know, that's what it is. You don't get stuck on stupid. Right. And yes, and there's so much collaboration. We, you know, we're we're on all these. You know, we've got 
Google Chats, we've got Signal channels, we've got Telegram channels. There is so much collaboration and and thirst for knowledge and making sure that we're you know doing the right thing for this certain strain and things are you know protocols changing based on it, it's it's actually wonderful. It's it's the most gratifying um, experience as a as a medical professional I've ever had in terms of really working with other doctors um, in a consensus fashion. And, you know, when I was in residency, we didn't have all these modes of communication. It was, it's a completely new experience for me, but that part has been just wonderful. And it's, it's just too bad that, you know, they, they have to be in secret because we can't <laughs> get, it's like you're doing something wrong. It, it is, it, it, it boggles <laughs> the mind that people that are starting to get bilateral, COVID pneumonia or secondary bacterial pneumonia. Um, you know, it just, I don't know. It, it, it just boggles the freaking mind <laughs> that they'll yeah. take a look at the guy and say, drop dead. And yeah. they won't work the guy. And that's totally great. They won't lose their license. They could mm -hmm. go all over TV. And they're exactly. great, and you guys are the dirt bags. Um, right. So, so this is the thing. So, so this is still going on. I mean, uh, you know, it looks like this virus ain't going away. No, we're in the midst of another surge. I mean, I'm definitely seeing a lot more cases now, and I think it's going to be a busy summer, unfortunately. What does that tell you? That I know the South sometimes gets in the summer, but it's it's everywhere. The North is just as much. They're getting a bad wave in the summer. This is not normal. There's something funny here. Yeah. No, I mean, I think all of us thought we were done with this a long time ago, and it just it's the gift that keeps on giving. And um, certainly, I think, without a doubt, we can say that this, the shot does not work, right? If not, if anything, it's making things worse. You don't treat a pandemic with a vaccine anyway. That's, that's completely against basic uh, immunology. Um, and the the fear is that by treating a pandemic with a vaccine, you perpetuate the pandemic. And here we are. Got it. Got it. Um, I wanted to spend some time. I, I mentioned to my audience a little bit about the Jason Jones story, a sheriff's deputy um, that, that went into the hospital with COVID, you know, months ago. Um, and you had this whole battle and you won the court case, but then they appealed it, and the hospital won in Houston there, and they denied ivermectin. Unfortunately, we saw a lot of this. But every other person, every single other person that I've seen where they were denied, the person died. It never, ever had a happy ending. Right. Jason Jones is out. Could you explain how that happened? Well, first, his wife, oh my, I mean, she has six kids, and yet she managed to be by his side every day. She never gave up. She, you know, got him moving. I mean, a lot of these patients died because of, out of neglect, right? They were, they were just that, they were left to rot in their beds. And when you're sick, you need somebody to get you going. You need some encouragement. You need family by your side. And she was able to be by his side every day. So I attribute most of it to that. She also did apply topical ivermectin every day without, you know, she did it under the, you know, without anyone knowing. I mean, the, the hospital, oh, my Lord, they they uh, wrapped his feeding tube with a um, sheet and, and put rubber bands around it to prevent anybody from sneaking anything in. So she was not able to do that, but she was able to to apply topical ivermectin, which is used in animals. I mean, that's how they give it to a lot of animals. They give it to it topically. So it is possible that that had a lot to do with it as well. But I'm sure they don't see it that way. No, 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 no. no. And, and you couldn't mention this until after the fact, because obviously you right. didn't want to compromise the, um, you know, obviously the outcome here. It's so sad that it's literally like, they they will find anything that might work and they'll just, and they'll block it. And it's not like they could look you in the eye and they say they have anything. I mean, at the end of the day, even if you buy into remdesivir and Paxlovid, uh, they're antivirals. So, I mean, at that stage, it's not going to help. No one's going to tell you it's going to help. 
Mm-hmm. And yet they refuse to listen to any other option. So, so sad. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't I get back to this Paxlovid story? We talked earlier about the fact that we have a novel drug that's mixed with a uh, AIDS drug with you know 30 classifications of contraindications, black box warning from the FDA. It's emergency use only. We're just starting to find out about a rebound. Mm-hmm. and other side effects, and we have no long-term safety da- data. And mm-hmm. the short-term safety data, as you well know, is from the manufacturer, which we've mm-hmm. already seen has lied every step of the way on every single trial. Um, what's your take on pharmacists are the new doctors and you're trash? Oh, boy. <laughs> you, you, hit a, you hit a nerve there. <laughs> Oh boy, yes. So um, I, it's one of my personal missions is to fight the I, the pharmacy battle is near and dear to my heart because it's just it is it is truly them practicing medicine without a license. They're not evaluating the patient. They're not taking care of the patient if something goes wrong. All they're there is to dispense the medication and make sure there's no contraindication to something they're already taking. And they, you know, they've been empowered by the, given the authority to inject people with the poison that has empowered them. And now they feel like they are um, justified in blocking uh, safe and effective off-label use of medications. And in Texas, apparently there's a law in place to protect pharmacists who do not want to dispense the abortion pill. So they have that right to refuse to protect the abortion pill. Well, they're using that right to also um, block ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine prescriptions. Even though that's for religious conscience. Right, exactly. Well, the truth is you can't blame them. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess they could look at you and I and say it is religious conscience because it is a religion. I mean... (laughs) It clearly is a religion. Um, it is a religion. <laughs> that is what is, because that is the next current thing. Um, yes. But Paxlovid is awesome. Just awesome. Uh, oh, Lord. I mean, that, I mean, I, yeah. 33, 33 major drug interactions. And one of those is statins, which is, I believe, the most widely prescribed medication in our country. Um, and. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So, hey, slow down. Wait a minute. I didn't know that. I knew it was yeah. in, in uh, contraindicated with a lot of steroids, which is bad because you often want to use that with acute COVID. But um, wait a minute. You just told me stat- everyone's on yeah. statins exactly. at that, that age. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, yeah, no. The, the, Mary, Mary, I know you can't make an accusation, but I'm just going to I'm going to say it for you. I don't understand if the majority of people who would be seeking this are seniors right. and they're dispensing this so widely now. Right. Do you fully have confidence that people on statins are not being given this? You mean to kill them? I don't know what, but I just, or, what I'm trying to say they, is. There's going to be, yeah, the oversight. There's going to be mistakes made. There are, um, I mean, I'm wondering what their alternative is, right? If, I mean, maybe they'll just tell them to stop taking their statin. But oh, I that's see. Taking, um, but that's taking, you know, that's that's something a doctor should do, not a pharmacist. You know, a pharmacist shouldn't, you know, what if you've got a patient that, you know, is, is you know, on the verge of having a heart attack, needs that statin, you know, maybe they need it more than the Paxlovid. But how's the pharmacist supposed to know that? That's a really important point. I didn't realize that because they're saying like, oh, this is an awesome drug. Let's just, let, you know, cut out the middleman, do it on the spot. So even if you agree with that, what you're saying is, wait a minute, when you have all those contraindications, you know, I was using that more as a way of demonstrating that it's a heavy duty drug and not something you would do lightly, no matter what. Um, you know, in, in other words, it would be a drug like ivermectin that you would say, yeah, you know, just go to the pharmacist, whatever. It would not be a drug like this. You would do that. And here they do the opposite. But you're saying, wait a minute. Because that that's a that's a terrific point. A lot of people are like, well, Daniel, they know pharmacology better than doctors, so contraindications are your bread, bread and butter. That might be true. They know contraindications, but you're saying, wait a minute, you know, let's say you're on a statin, which is going to be most of them, or you're on thirty of these other things. A doctor is the one who could say, hey, look, for this week, go off of this for this right. week. But that means that they would have to say that as well. Right. Right. 
and without knowing the patient, it's awfully hard to, you know, weigh the risks and benefits of stopping a, an important medication that may pre be preventing you from dying of a heart attack versus your risk of dying from COVID, right? So how's the pharmacist going to know that? That is, I, I can't, I just, I, I can't do this. I mean, I, I can't believe we're living this time and I can't believe even more that there is no effort other than one or two Bob Halls in each state. That's what it is. Oh, you got like one or two of them, you know, yelling from the back. And this has gone on for two and a half years where everything they have done has made it worse, has been genocide, has been illegal, illogical, immoral, and inhumane. And mm -hmm. and, and Republicans are done with this issue where we're moving on but they're not done with it they're not done um speaking of not being done one of the big ways they're not done with it a lot of people think hey look you know i'm, I'm not mandated so i don't care I, I i have my job but some of the worst situations people don't think about are those who need medical care um could you describe a case that you've you know been uh someone someone sent to you being denied an organ transplant on account of not getting the shot Right. I mean, I, I have not been directly involved with one of these cases, but I know of three, um, which I'm sure, you know, your listeners are probably uh, familiar with the little baby at Vanderbilt that was denied a heart transplant. Yep. Well, you know, I, from what I understand, uh, thanks to public pressure, um, that decision was reversed and the baby is now being allowed to get transplant. So wonderful news on that front. I know there was a patient in Dallas that Lynn, Lynn Finn was working with and Senator Hall to try to, it was a, I think it was a teenager that needed a kidney transplant that was being refused because of the vaccine, not getting the vaccine. Um, and I think what happened, I think they were able to find a different hospital, but I'm not sure. Um, and then this latest one is another kidney transplant. It's in Michigan um, where the patient has, two donors lined up and um, it's a minor child and the hospital is refusing to do it. And they reported the family to CPS on top of that for not getting the child vaccinated. Um, I, this is Texas. <laughs> no, well, that was Michigan. The, la the la latest one was Michigan. Yeah. So I think I'm aware of the Michigan one, but you said that there was a case in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, folks, I'm just going to interject here. I mean, this is what we've talked about for so many years. These idiots in Texas like to pride themselves on we're limited government. We meet every other year. Yeah, but what do you do when the executive branch ain't limited and they're fascist mm -hmm. and they're literally mm -hmm. killing people and your last redress is the legislature and they're like, whoops, we can't get into session till next year. Oh, um, yeah. oh man, I, I, I don't... I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be you. I, I I'm so angered by what I'm seeing. Just being the middleman to get people treatment with doctors like yourself, um, but to have treated people that much. I mean, all I could say is you just know that this world is temporary, and the re the punishment and reward is in the next world. And um, mm -hmm. you know that's what we all understand with Doctor Zelenko. He died at 48. You know, lived a short life, left behind so many kids. Um, and was maligned, whereas Fauci is, you know, 80 and, you know, going, unless Paxlovid did him in, he's awfully quiet, but, you know, he's lived a pretty nice life there for himself. But, you know, this, this is just the, the first quarter of the ball game. And I think it's, it's really only faith could sustain you, but it certainly doesn't absolve us of our responsibility to fight this policy wise. One more issue on policy. Um, I did not get a chance to follow this. I'm wondering if you could, um, tell our audience about this. There have been some hearings in the Texas uh, Senate, and Senator Bob Hall mentioned something about Pfizer stopping their testing of the mm -hmm. shots on animals because they were dying. Where can right. we find that? What, what What's that about? That was so. I asked him about that this morning um, because that was actually an old recording. That was he said that was from a Senate hearing regarding the vaccine mandates, and I have not had time. I basically saw that on Twitter and retweeted it. 
Um, but he said it was from when they were debating the vaccine mandates, and he could not recall who it was that was giving that testimony. Um, so I, that was on my list to go look that up. Um, Got it. But uh, apparently, um, it was regarding if there were ferrets that were tr- that were experimented on, and they all died. But I haven't. I don't have the the details. Yeah, I mean, I. So so I don't want to run with that if we don't have it verified, but what I will say is we have it verified that they didn't record the human trial adverse events. Mm-hmm. Um, we, na- we we had on the show last week, I mean, Maddie DeGarry, uh, mm-hmm. you know, full-blown, um, damn, darn, what's that called? Whatever, acute uh, inflammatory neuropathy, whatever. I mean, a severe paralysis that she has that is not recorded in the 12 to 15 year old trial that is not recorded to this day and we now have a bunch of other documents that we got from the courts six deaths and hundreds mm. upon hundreds of severe adverse events where all of them they say is um incidental they're not they're not designated as done you know occurring from the shots and they don't disclose how they knew that including those that happened within the week young people it's all normal. I guess it's just, you know, it just happens now. It's the global warming, whatever it is. People get blood clots, pulmonary emboli, strokes, heart attacks. Um, hmm. I mean, do, do you treat vaccine injury or you're mainly focused on COVID? Yeah, yeah I see. I see it all. Yeah, I see. I The last time I looked, about 10 to 15 percent of my practice was vaccine injuries. So I see a lot. And, you know, I usually start with ivermectin because that does tend to work. I have a a great case that you might have seen on Twitter. It's a 15-year-old boy who'd had just this unrelenting, pruritic, itchy, red rash all over his body, his face, his back. He was embarrassed to go out in public. It'd been going on for nine months. He'd tried steroids. He tried an immunomodulator called Zolaire with no improvement. And then the moment he got on ivermectin, it cleared off. And And as soon as he stopped ivermectin, it comes back. But... It's wow. an excellent example of that is wild. of ivermectin and this disease. I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if if uh, if I didn't have a faith in God, I would just take remdesivir or something. And you know, it, it's it's that man, it's that maddening. Um, it, yeah. You know that that you're putting it all out to treat the people that are the forgotten human beings. And again, it's not even like okay, these are right-wingers that they deserve to die. No, you're treating people that get COVID after having gotten the shot. The majority of them did. Oh, yeah. you're, tra- uh, you're, you're treating, yeah. you know, I, I want to say this, and, and feel free to comment, it's important for people to realize our doctors, the Patriot doctors, are not doing the reverse of what the other clowns are doing. In other words, they're like, you know, back in the day when people were um, who weren't vaccinated were getting COVID, they're like, you deserve to die. You know, you're not taking people, including those who stupidly got multiple boosters, even after they should have known better, like, ha, 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 go eat it, buddy. No, that you treat right. people like a human being. There's a symptom. Let's find what to do. That's what a doctor is. You don't shame people. I, I want to close with this I, point. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I, something that kind of did get me in, in hot water and it kind of, because early on, I sent a letter to my patients because I'd had this, it's just like this trio of things happened all on the same day. I basically got the ruling um, on Jason Jones that he was, could not get ivermectin. I got a letter from a surgery center saying you had to be vaccinated to work there. And then I had a patient from Methodist Hospital tell me that they had to find a new doctor because they weren't vaccinated. So I sent out a letter saying, okay, I'm going to prioritize seeing the unvaccinated. I said, I'm not going to turn away anybody who's yep. sick. But anyway, but I never, I never um, upheld that. Actually, I mean, never no. You, you were trying to make a point, and and it wasn't malice towards the people, and you wouldn't turn them away. It was a matter of you're just saying, look, if you're going to hang these people out to death, I'm going to have to prioritize them. That was obviously a different point, and I, I just think like anyone I know who works in an ER, it's forever self immolation. Okay, it's mm-hmm. it's the drugs are nonstop, and you'll have the same person come back multiple times. Okay, mm-hmm. nobody says you deserve it. You have all the inner cities. I'm sure you have that in Houston, with you know because right. of um, 
uh, criminal justice reform where they're all out of prison now. So you have the gang wars and, you know, you don't right. say, well, you deserve to die anyway. No, they, they okay. You know, what is it? Gunshot wound, do, 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 do. You look at it technically like you would anything else. They treat criminals. They treat people that multiple drug overdoses, uh, certainly, you know, people that are very overweight and maybe could have prevented that. You don't say, well, tough luck, go eat it. We never did that. So even if their science was correct, which it's not, um, that mm-hmm. it's safe and effective, it's unsafe and ineffective. But even even if not, you don't you don't do that to a human being. And right. <clears throat> it it shocks me that if it's part of a new religion, then this is this is where it's at. It's like unrestricted warfare. Yeah, it's, it's very sad. I mean, I hope I kind of sense a little bit of shift. I mean, Pfizer's tw- uh, trending on Twitter. I feel like that's a good sign. People are. are are outraged over how they pulled out of Uruguay um, because Uruguay is demanding all the demanding transparency. And so their response to that is, well, we're just not going (laughs) to, we're not going to do business there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, you got to look to the third world countries. Mm -hmm, Exactly. See, we're a fourth world country because third world countries, they just don't have the resources. Fourth world is you're given the God given resources and then you use them for bad rather than good. Um, right. So these countries are trying to do what's right, and it's uh, it's the Western governments that have just uh, become evil. I I, I cannot, <laughs> I, I I really cannot imagine being you and just trying to. You have nothing to gain by this. I mean, there's nothing to gain from treating these people. Um, you could tell yeah, them go I, get Paxlovid. I, I think I'm ready to retire. But I can't, you know. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, keep us updated, folks. You could find Mary again at MD Breathe on Twitter. Check out her website if you're in the area, breathemd.org. Um, let us know if you need any help, you know, legal side or anything. Um, our audience is really going to be pulling for you. Thank you so much, Daniel. It was fun talking to you. Take care. God bless. So, again, folks, that was Dr. Mary Telly Bowden. Um, send her a message if you're in Texas. What an angel. What an angel of a human being. There's an old uh, statement in the Talmud, kind of a Jewish saying, that someone who went up there in heaven was able to come down afterwards. And he told his friend who asked him, hey, what's it like up there? And his biggest observation was, all those who were up were down and those who were down were up. Meaning, Everyone in this world who is exalted and treated with honor as the greatest order of humanity, they were in the back row. Those who were downtrodden, scorned upon in this world were exalted. And that, that's the only thing that keeps you going. It is, it is, you cannot imagine how much money these people have lost how much time they've taken away from their families, how much they've drained their practices. Specialists didn't have to be doing primary care, treating COVID, but they knew other people wouldn't do it. And then they get punished for doing it. And these guys who have one bioweapon after another make the pandemic worse, make the virus worse, refuse to treat it, treat it with dangerous stuff. All goes, everything goes. It's all good. And this is happening in a state like Texas. Any one of you, if you're around there, um, call your state reps, your state senators, call the governor's office, and demand, demand that they go after the Texas Medical Board, that they stand with their doctors, because there are a lot of good Texas doctors that are getting punished. Um, Another action item is call Ken Paxton, the attorney general. If you notice, South Carolina, Louisiana, Oklahoma, there are a number of states, Nebraska, where the attorney general wrote an opinion saying, look, you know, this is clearly within practice to prescribe I- I- ivermectin. Um, Governor Paxton, uh, Attorney General Paxton, to my knowledge, has not done that. And that makes a big difference with the medical board. Why not? That needs to be done immediately. But it all gets back to the fact that the Republican Party is a complete and utter joke. And that's why red states are like blue states. So tomorrow we'll get back to more of the political side of things. But again, I I just can't move on from this. And I will end by saying that any Republican and conservative talker 
that is not talking about this, not focusing on this, and and certainly if they buy into Pfizer and they're like, oh, I'm pro-life, I'm against abortion, <clears throat> you can go straight to hell. I don't care. I I just hope you guys understand where my my sentiment is coming from. I'm obviously against abortion, but I can't handle that. That's where a hundred percent of the capital is expended upon. Whereas this, there's nothing you can do. The shots are forced on people. The virus is forced on people. The lack of treatment is forced on people. Right? You have no option. What are you going to do? I could avoid an abortion. I can't avoid this. Okay? It's a lot of people who are going to get sick. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about what I'm seeing. You know, some others, doctors have concurred. I know Dr. Flavio from Brazil has really beefed up his protocol. He is seeing it get, getting worse. Again, it seems like it's mainly the the vaccinated, but who knows? You know, you make this juiced up enough, it could harm anyone. And again, they, you know, most people are vaccinated, especially if they're older, and they deserve treatment too. It's not their fault, even if they got it willingly. Doesn't make them a bad person. They trusted their government. They deserve treatment. I, I can't believe we are living in this time and I have to continue returning to this issue. But it has not been solved at all. If anything, it's getting worse. Like we saw today or yesterday. So let me know your comments, questions, concerns. You can follow me on Getter, Daniel underscore Horowitz. We got our fan account, uh, Dan Horowitz fan on Twitter, uh, COVID truth bombs on uh, Telegram. And of course, you can email me, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Till tomorrow, God bless you all. And thank you for listening.